All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. At arm's length. To the line, Hughes scores! here like I don't I won't cover the Canucks yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks just wave the guy and get Demko involved I wanted them in in Valentine's Day wow we should do a radio show together <laughs> right on I want to fist bump you right now Pearl steals cutting in shoots scores don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation presented by the great folks at Parallel 49 Brewing. My name is Chris Faber and thank you for joining us this week for episode 77 
That's right, R.I.P. Goldie. Joining me now is my co-host, David Quadrelli. Quads, how's it going, bud? R.I.P. Goldie, I like it. I am doing well, Chris. We have the two new, well, one returning sponsor, but the new sponsor. It's been a good week for us, man. Absolutely. I uh, just sent a, a little text out to the folks at Parallel 49 as well, see if they want to possibly give away some beer. But I need to, like, check, like, I feel like giving away beer might be illegal. You know, like, giving away hockey cards is one thing, but I think giving yes. away beer might be illegal. So I asked them if uh, if we're allowed to do that. So there may be some giveaways in the future if you're allowed to give out beer, or maybe just, like, a, a gift certificate or something. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, new sponsor, and you say balls ten times in the ad. I do, indeed. It was one of the f- most fun I've had doing an ad read, for sure. Uh, people will hear it later in the episode, but yes, Canucks Conversation is now sponsored by Manscaped, uh, the only company dedicated to men's grooming. So, below-the-waist grooming. You can definitely check out that ad. Very good. Uh, use promo code CANUCKSCONVO for 20% off and free shipping. That's right. It's it's a great it's a great ad. I love it. Yeah. I'm gonna work on my video uh, ad for that pretty soon. I, I get you know what? Since we wrapped it up last week on the podcast, I mentioned I was gonna be dropping a video uh, on Twitter that was gonna be controversial. I thought it was gonna be, but it, t- it came over pretty good. I got pretty good results for my turkey shoot video. Except for your lawn, somebody ripped you for your lawn, which yeah, I liked. I liked thing. that tweet. <laughs> I found that so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because like that, it took more time to set up the turkey. And like get it to sit nicely in the top corner that it did to actually shoot it. I was worried, but like the ball, like the hockey balls went into the turkey very easily, and that's a sentence yeah, I never did. thought I would say. Yeah, they did. It was, it was, yeah, it was like, it was nice to see that it was you, good. I, that you were able to pull it off. I, I, I thought I was like, hey, first of all, this guy's just gonna ruin the turkey and not be able to eat it, which is just a huge waste of turkey. But you, you didn't. You were able to eat it, and it was still intact. Yeah, I had turkey sandwiches for all week, which, by the way, are my favorite sandwiches. Like, oh, turkey man. with some stuffing and a little bit of cranberry sauce. That's that, I don't think there's a better sandwich out there. What about you? No, I... Man, like, okay, so there's a sandwich shop. We don't do free ads, but I have to do one for this one. It's Big Star. Uh, Stan mm. showed it to me, and holy cow, man, they are so good. So it's like, either you get roast beef or turkey, and then, of course, they have, like, vegetarian options... But I usually get the roast beef one, and they put hickory sticks in the sandwiches, and they yeah, are. Yeah, I can so get down good. with that. Hell yeah! So I've I've ordered I ordered a turkey one last time I ordered. I've been trying to order from them or Pasta Moy, one of the two, one of our two favorite restaurants. I've been trying to order from them at least once a week, just to you know try and make sure that they're still open when this whole thing is over, and I can actually go back to these shops. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been trying to order takeout like once or twice a week, and it's usually from one of those places. Uh, support your local businesses, guys. And uh, they they put hickory sticks in the sandwich, and it is phenomenal. And I have to say, I like the roast beef one more. Hmm. Well, I think that's you know that's what people are saying. Like like a lot of people out there put potato chips in like their ham sandwich. Like, is that get you going as well? Just like the hickory sticks. Uh, I've never done that personally. Like, I have some original ruffles downstairs. Maybe I could try that, but. Hickory sticks is my go-to in the sandwiches from Big Star. Mm, okay. So good. All right, I got you. I I think I've tried it before with like dill pickle chips because I thought like the flavor would bring something to a sandwich. I didn't like it. It was just I think they got soggy too quick. But the hickory sticks I can see, but like they don't get soggy because that's the only thing I'd be worried about. No, like if they do, they you know how you know the the like texture of like onions in a sandwich. Okay, I hate that. It's but like yeah. that, but like crispier. It's hmm. good. It's good. Trust me. All right, I might be able to mess with that, but uh, we do actually have like a tiny bit of Canuck, Canucks news to get into if we want to dive into it. The only 
The only big thing, you know, Rick Dollywell tweeted out about it a little bit. The IIHF transfer agreement will be extended soon. Uh, so then the Canucks can start talking with Niels Huglander. I've talked with the agent. Uh, they want to get this done. Uh, I don't think there's going to be much of a problem for the Vancouver Canucks signing Niels Huglander and getting him here in North America next year. I talked to the agent. Not a big deal. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think this is something both sides want to get done, and I think it's something that will get done. And, of course, you'll talk to Comets Corey Hergot a little bit later because Niels Hoaglander is almost certainly going to end up in Utica at the start of next year. Yeah, that'll be super exciting. And you know what? Like, like I've been talking to the agent, and maybe we can get Niels to come back on the show here in the future. That would be something awesome for the summertime. I think we'd both like to chat with him. Uh, we'll work on that in the future. But yeah, I think this is this is exciting news. Uh, you know, once they can get Huglander over here and signed, his his goals to play in the NHL. I think he shocked a lot of people in the Swedish Hockey League this year. Came back and had a good year. Got goal of the year in the Swedish Hockey League for the second year in a row. Like this kid. He's going to be so exciting, and I know that, like, I, I'm going to get into it with Corey, because me and Corey are going to talk about some of the changes uh, that are happening in the Utica Comets this next upcoming season, and I think one of the biggest ones is going to be seeing Niels Huglander play at that level. Yeah, you're right, and man, like, I've seen it thrown around by a couple people. Some people are like, well, what if he goes to Utica, and Trent Cole just sucks the life out of him? No. He, <laughs> he's the next Petrus Palmu, or the next Jonathan Dolan, who needs to get out of Utica, so... I don't think that's going to be him, you know, like, I've watched him play, as have you, and this kid's motor is just different, like, he's just wired differently, like, I cannot see him, um, him struggling to adapt to the style that Travis Green and uh, Trent Cole both demand of their players, and here's why, so... I've heard this kid talk, and he says, like, I have the offensive capabilities, but I know I need to work on my defensive game. Having that understanding that that's something you need to work on to move to the next step. Like he doesn't need to be told that, Hey, you have to, you have to get back there or you're not going to be able to play in the NHL consistently. Like our friend, Nikolai Goldobin was not able to, uh, make it. <laughs> RIP Goldie episode 77. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't able to make it on this team because he just wasn't good enough defensively. You know, that's the, that's the mentality that Travis Green has. And Trent calls job really is to, get players ready to play for Travis Green and to play for the Canucks. So, I mean, I can't see a scenario happening where Hoaglander turns into the next Petrus Palmu and books at home once he's asked to get back on defense. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure this guy's wired differently and that we're going to see him have some success at the AHL level and maybe even shoot for a spot on the main roster out of camp. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Niels Hoaglander shows up in Utica and almost immediately jumps over prospects like Cole Lynn and Jonah Gadjevich. Like, that wouldn't shock me at all. I've seen this kid play. Uh, I think he's incredibly talented. He's been playing in a pro league for a couple of years now. That's something that, you know, he has the upper hand on guys like Cole Lynn and Gadjevich that were high picks in the second round as well. But they were playing in the Canadian Hockey League, in the CHL. They were playing in, you know, both, or played in the dub in the OHL. It's a very big jump going to the AHL from there. But the Swedish Hockey League... Like, there's a lot of players in the SHL that could play in the AHL and be pretty productive as well. I mean, we're going to see Huglander come over here. He's been able to not not only, like, take the physicality of a professional league, but I think, like, like thrive in it a little bit. Like, watching him play up... I, I, you know, the, when I moved over here, I got to watch a lot of Swedish Hockey League games. Uh, I took, I was taking night classes at BCIT uh, for the for that past semester there. I had the whole mornings open, and mornings over here at about you know eight and ten o'clock are when the SHL games start. And Huglander, like he he just improved every single game, similar to what we saw, not to the to, to the extent of Elias Pettersson, but something that we saw Elias Pettersson do in his second in his Swedish Hockey League season was come in and just 
you know, get better every game. And it seemed like near the end of the year, he really peaked in the playoffs. And I, I think Huglander would have done the same. It's too bad we couldn't get to see, you know, him yes. go on a playoff run because they were getting to that point right there in the SHL. And the SHL was one of the, the last hockey leagues to actually cancel their heart, to cancel their season. Um, but yeah, they've canceled it now. They're not playing, obviously, just like every other sports league. But Huglander was getting better. And I think the big part of that was just him being confident, you know, going into corners and not being afraid to, you know, bump somebody and like you, you watch Neil's Huglander highlights that, you know, people are making on YouTube or people are tweeting them out and there has to be some hits in there because like he, he plays a physical game and I just, you know, I, I love the, the motor in that kid. Like you talked about earlier, I think he's going to jump right into Utica and be a top six player. And I think he's going to make a huge impact. I think him on a wing with, you know, Cole Lind on the other wing, like that excites me so much about Utica. And I know Corey's been excited, but he's been writing about it on the website. Maybe, you know, if Travis Green does what you did with Hoaglander in your franchise mode in EA Sports NHL 20. <laughs> Just throw him on the third line. He'll learn. He'll learn. He's a 61 hey. overall. Yeah. You got to put young players in a position to succeed. And if, you know, I don't think that Trent... Trent Cole's going to have any problem doing that with Huglander. He's going to come in here. The kid's working real hard to get better at English. And, you know, I talked to him on this show uh, not that long ago, just right before World Juniors. And he, you know, he was improving on his English. And it sounded like he he's taken huge steps since the last time that people talked to him at the draft. So that's cool that he's, you know, he's taking it seriously. He wants to get better at English so he can come over here and, you know, live a half-decent life in North America and not be in a Nikita Triankin situation where he can't be you know, can't be surrounded by any other Russians and he doesn't speak English very well. So the, the North American life kind of sours him. I think Nils Hugliner is going to be excellent when he gets over here. I think he's going to be fine with Utica. When he, when he sees what like a Utica game is like and sees what the fans are like, they're like, they're, they're absolutely crazy for their comments over in Utica. So I'm excited to get him over here because I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing NHL games at some point next year, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think just the high octane level of play he brings, like, Man, when a guy goes down, hell, even in your bottom bottom six, like that's somebody you can just kind of put in your lineup and get some energy from. You know, he can give you that boost, and I think that's gonna be something that the Canucks are gonna need. Uh, they were pretty pretty uh, healthy this year; like they didn't run into much injury trouble. You know, yeah. we got to see a lot of games from Elias Patterson. We got to see a lot of games from JT Miller, Brock Besser. Little different story, but for the most part, the top six was relatively healthy. And that's that's something the Canucks don't usually get. And then their defensive core. You don't see Chris Tanev play every game in a season. But we did see that this year. You know, of course he got injured uh, right before the league shut down. But he still did play every game of the season. I think, right? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. 69 yeah. games. Nice. Yeah, no, it was it was good. It was a good performance. And that's just, you know, like you bring up the fact of like, let's say like an Antoine Roussel is playing at your bottom six. And he goes down. And you need a winger that can come in and bring a little bit of energy. Like, when you look at the Comets roster, you, you think of guys like Jonah Gadjevich, maybe next year is one of the guys that might be called up, but I it's hard for me to look past Niels Huglander as the guy that I think will be the biggest impact player. I said it a lot last year, I tweeted it out all the time, I think that Cole Lynn would have made a bigger difference in an NHL game than Louis Erickson does on a nightly basis. I think... Colin's energy and what he could bring to a hockey game is way more than Louis Erickson brings, whether it's effort, scoring ability, or just, you know, getting involved in an actual game and not just fading into the darkness like Louis does every night. Like, I think that Huglander is going to be the type that's going to make me look at Cole Lind and be like, wow, I, I thought Cole Lind made a huge impact on an AHL game. Huglander is going to make massive impacts. And then you see where he hops in with that lineup, like, 
I, I'm just excited. Like, I feel like the Utica Comets team, I, I bought the AHL TV package this year to watch my boy Goldie play. Uh, I kind of fell in love with watching AHL hockey. I enjoyed it a lot. And I think next year, like, if if some of these names, and Corey, Corey's been writing about it, if you guys haven't checked it out yet on the Patreon, um, you know, he's looked at some of the potential additions to the prospect pool, uh, pending free agents and what their situations are. He just released part two this morning, uh, and he's working on a part three for that. If you guys want to check that out, $1.69, patreon.com slash Canucks combo. But nice. I think looking at, yeah, that was pretty good, eh? Uh, but looking <laughs> at, uh, just looking at what that roster is going to look like next year, like, I'd, I don't know if I can cancel my AHL TV package because I, I just want to see what that Utica Comets team, because it's prospects that are at such different levels of like getting to the NHL, but they're all kind of groomed into one team now. It's not like we have all these prospects like in, in the Swedish Hockey League and the Finnish League, you know, in other leagues and the German League. Like they're they're kind of all starting to come together in Utica. And I think it starts next year with the Canucks roster. I mean, aside from Pod Colson, uh, there's not like a a great, you know, A level prospect or a B level prospect that's not going to be in Utica next year. It seems like. Yeah, you're totally right, but you better not cancel that AHL TV subscription because we're going to be at BCIT and there's going to be a lot of days where we just go right into the studio and watch a Comets game right before doing the show like we did last year. I cannot yeah. wait till we can actually go out again. Like, this is oh. tough, man. This is, like, yeah. getting really tough. I know, and you know what? To, you know, to kind of transition that, like, the next thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, the, the thought of the NHL possibly going out and playing at a neutral site, right? I mean, this is something that's been floated around. We've seen a lot of it on social media over the past couple of days. Um, it seems to be shot down pretty hard, but I like, I'm still seeing, you know, whispers of it that it's a possibility, but it seems like, you know, that a lot of the insiders are saying that this isn't going to happen. But then you see a tweet like every couple of days talking about, oh, now they're discussing somewhere like Dallas might be an idea. Vancouver has been really good with their numbers. Saskatchewan, Edmonton. Like they're talking about a lot of these cities still, even though it seems like the idea has been shut down by some big name insiders but, in hockey. But OK, so this is what's been shut down is the idea of a New Hampshire or a North Dakota or a Pennsylvania as a neutral location for the entire league. That's what's been shut down, right? The thing that is is now being discussed is a central location for each division. So, like, I've heard Edmonton for the Pacific. Uh, Jim Benning apparently has spoken with Vancouver, like, officials or something to try and figure out if BC's a, a suitable place. So they're looking at that. Um, where else is there? Yeah, like you said, Dallas for the central. Um, and then I don't know all the other cities that they're looking at. But I think yeah, New like, Hampshire right- was floated for the Atlantic or Was or it? Okay. Yeah, which, you know, it's yeah, funny because we were right? giving it to New Hampshire last week oh, on the show. We were ripping New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Um, but that's the thing, right, is nobody knows what's going to happen, and it's no. all just speculation right now. The league's looking at it. They're seeing what what the possibilities are. But, again, this wouldn't start up until July. And, you know, I – man, like, I was talking to j about this, like, yesterday. You almost want to see the league cancel the season – so we can have some sense of normalcy with the draft, with free agency. Everybody can proceed, and we gear up for a season that begins in September. Right. If you keep it kind of, if you keep everybody just kind of dangling, there's not going to be any news. There's not going to be anything happening. You're just going to be kind of left in the dark about it. So there's a lot of problems that arise from them wanting to start play uh, in July because you know. Tyler Toffoli's a free agent. His contract ends on on June something or July 1st. One of the two. Yeah. You get my point. His contract yeah. ends. He's a UFA. Why does he have to go play for the Canucks? They traded for him. His contract's over. Should they have to re-sign him before he plays? No, obviously not because they're still in the season. But if you're the NHLPA, what are you thinking about this? When you like Nobody's talking about this for the NBA. I'm just going to say that. Like 
you don't hear stuff about the NBA. Maybe it's just me because I don't follow any NBA accounts. But I'm not hearing anything about the NBA wanting to restart their league. It's just the NHL. And they're talking about, oh, well, you know, I'm doing my Gary Bettman impression right now. He's like, well, we don't have any revenue coming in right now. But it's like you didn't have any revenue when you locked out the league for an entire season either. Right now we're in a pandemic. And now you're saying you want to make sure you're not losing any revenue? Figure it out, Gary. Come on. Yeah, it's... I think that, like, I agree with the premise of what you're saying that, you know, like, I, I, and I'm not really worried about, like, the draft being on a regular time. I don't have a problem with that being pushed back. Free agency, I'm sure they can figure it out, whether it's just make it a month later or something. They can figure that out easily. But I, I don't know if you're in the same boat as me, but I'm almost worried. Like, I'm more concerned about next year starting on time than them even playing a Stanley Cup playoff this year because, and, like, I, I didn't think I was going to be like that at the start of this pandemic, but if, if the way that the playoffs is going to go is they're going to play at neutral sites, they're not going to have any fans in the stands, it's just not going to be playoff hockey, right? Like, yeah. maybe, and, you know, especially if the players aren't playing for such a long time, they've been out for, you know, two, three months, and you're getting thrown right into playoff hockey, even if you play, like, a handful of games and then go into the playoffs, that's that's not what, you know, that's not playoff hockey, right? Like, I'm more worried about next year being starting on time and having a regular 82-game season for the year 2020-21 than I am worried about the Stanley Cup this year. And I know that a lot of players are going to, you know, if they are listening, they would not agree with that. I think a lot of players want to compete for the Stanley Cup, but I feel like the league as a whole has to look at it and say, like, this is such... There would be five asterisks... That's a hard word to plural. Uh, beside uh, beside the Stanley Cup champions this year, because like it is such a different season. And if you were to play all your games, you're you know if you're gonna start up in July or even like August, I, I don't think that you're you're gonna have any fans at the games. That's just not the way it's gonna work with the pandemic and the way it's been continuing on for so long. Like they're they're that's not playoff hockey to me, right? Like that's as a fan or you know just watching the hockey games. Uh, from the outside, and I know that players probably feel differently about it, but I think that they should worry more about the 2020 season starting on the right season, right no, date. I, I totally agree with you. And okay, here's the thing: these are all things that need to happen before the league can begin. The borders need to be open. American teams can't play Canadian teams if the borders aren't open, unless they make an exception, of course. Regulations need to be relaxed somewhat. The virus needs to diminish somewhat. And again, international travel kind of needs to resume for this to work. Players returning from other countries would have to isolate for 14 days before doing anything. And if one of those players tests positive over those 14 days, your whole plan is kiboshed and it's over. You look like idiots because you brought the players back prematurely. Somebody had the virus and there you go. They don't know much about this virus still. Like, there, We know that there was players on the Avalanche and the Senators that contracted the virus. Who knows if they're still contagious, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows. If those people get a cold, all of a sudden, everybody's freaking out on their team, and it's just, it's just a bad situation. And again, another thing that needs to happen is teams need to have a brief training camp. Uh, I saw something on Twitter today. I'm not sure if I sent it to you. Somebody, apparently one team is talking about doing workouts in May. Like, they're, like, yeah. throwing it out there. May Do you 15th, know anything yeah. about that? I saw the tweet. Um, I forget who it was. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing because I, it was it was definitely thrown out there by someone. I, I think I have the tweet right here in front of me. Um, yeah, it was um, Lucas Horn or Lance Hornby tweeted it out. Um, okay. The New York press... 
Brooksy, so Brooksy, obviously a pretty well-known reporter, uh, was reporting that one team, one NHL team has been told to prepare for informal workouts beginning May 15th. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly says no specific target date set. But, you know, Brooksy's a pretty, you know, he's obviously had his rants with uh, with Tortorella in the past, but, like, he's a, a very well-known reporter, and if he's reporting that an NHL team's going back, I, I tend to kind of believe that that might be something that's being floated out there, and I find it interesting because... If they're going to go play at these neutral sites and be in isolation for 14 years, 14 days, this is the same thing that we talked about last week about, you know, Bo Horvat's the perfect example. You're going to take away <laughs> Bo Horvat from the birth of his child so he can go into quarantine and play hockey. I just, that's not like, I hate that. I don't want to go into this rant like I did last week, but you don't have to look far to see a perfect, to just see a local example of how crappy this could be for the players and how much they must be against it. And, like, yeah. Bo Horvat might even say it. And you, Bo Horvat's, like, not the kind of player to go out and speak against the league or anything. But, like, I feel like this, this, if you're ever going to hear Bo Horvat get pissed off to the media, this would be the situation where you'll hear it from him. Yeah, you're right. And that's another thing you can add to the list of things that need to happen before the league can even think about going back is the players are probably going to want their families to come with them to whatever right, hotel they have yeah. to stay in, in Edmonton, right? They, they're going to want their families with them. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be like, okay, I'll see you guys in two months. Except for Chris Tanev. I don't know if you heard that. Chris Tanev was on a live stream <laughs> with Murph, and Murph was telling him he's like, he's like, oh, so they've thrown this out. Uh, would you be willing to do that? And Tanev's like, yeah, I'd love to. I just want to play. Like, I'm, I'm for sure misquoting him, but it was like he was. I think he's the only player that I've heard that was just like, yeah, I'd like to do it. And like, he was just like, yeah, I, I know a lot of my teammates don't feel the same, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really funny to hear. Cause like you hear Myers, Myers was like, yeah, that would suck. Uh, you know, he's not saying too much. Same with JT Miller, but Tanev was like, no, yeah, I'd like to play. <laughs> I'd like to restart here. I'm like, all right, let's go. Tanev wants Man, to fire is... back up such a different cat Chris Tanev is I like I don't know I've been liking him more and more now he's been getting involved with social media a little bit you know like hopping on Merce's stream such a beaut such a beaut sending his putting his dog out there on Instagram like uh, that was a bold move I still think number one in the dog rankings is Mr. Duty but um yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up there because I know we went on this quite a bit last week about the neutral site idea for the whole league, and it's not that different if you're using four different sites to me. Like, I, I don't see a huge difference um, in how that changes my opinion on it. It definitely doesn't. I don't know about you. Like, does that make it better that they're going to go and stay in their division? Not really. Like, it depends yeah. what the infrastructure looks like. Like, are you going to be taking the players away from their families? Because I don't think the union's going to let that happen. You're the union guy. Tell me, Chris. Is that going to fly? <laughs> Hell no, your brothers and sisters got your back in the situation. Union folk, no, you're not pulling that off. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, you know, we'll send to a couple ads here. We got our new ad coming up here with Manscaped. Yes, uh, So hopefully you guys enjoy that. Um, and on the other side, uh, we'll come right back. And then we'll, we'll do a little segment here, and then we'll head to Corey after instead. So uh, we'll meet you guys on the other side after these ads. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to the presenting sponsor of the Canucks Conversation. That's right, folks. Parallel 49 Beer. They are out there on the streets, on the front lines, delivering beer straight to your doorstep. Uh, if you want some more information about the delivery service, they're doing it all through Vancouver, Surrey. They're going out to Abbotsford. They're doing a ton of deliveries, so you don't have to just be in East Van to get your Parallel 49 now. Uh, and I was just recently at the BC Liquor Store, and I had to pick up some Apricotopus um, uh, their newest beer I hope I pronounced that right but I probably didn't but uh, the new beer that they come out with it's an apricot sour it was absolutely delicious if you're into sour beers at all I recommend checking them out but if you want some more information on the delivery service or how to pronounce apricotopus 
Uh, check them out on Instagram at Parallel49Beer. They'll answer all of your DMs or there's some information for how to give them a call or email them. So go check out Parallel49Beer. Zephyr Epic is Canada's source for sports cards and trading card games. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. And now, join them for Thursday night breaks at 5 p.m. Pacific time every Thursday and be a part of an epic case break experience. Purchase your spot on ZephyrEpic.com and watch the live stream on twitch.tv slash ZephyrEpic. And for all you Canucks Conversation podcast listeners, you can save $5 off your purchase with the code CanucksConvo. Some restrictions apply. Follow them on social media to be part of monthly contests and ticket giveaways. Search Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Fellas, Manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0 with cutting-edge ceramic blades to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. You'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Yes, you heard that right get 20 percent off and free shipping with promo code canucks convo at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code canucks convo make playing with your balls the best part of your day thanks manscaped all right and we're back uh hopefully you guys enjoyed the first uh the first time you've heard the manscaped ad i hope that, you know i know that some people skip the ads and it's very easy to do on the podcast app but i hope you guys tuned in for that one because quads you had uh you had some fun with that one didn't you that one was worth listening to i think <laughs> the manscaped ad yeah We'll see. We'll see what comes in the future of that. Well, we're happy to happy to to work with them here as we move forward in the future. But uh, you know, some people have been uh, you know letting it go a little bit here in quarantine, and it might be time to get your manscape back in order because I feel like the world's getting a little bit more positive. I heard something about Saskatchewan's like lifting regulations or something. Oh, man, yeah. So well, I think Saskatchewan's like able to but i think like georgia and florida are the other places that are doing oh no really yeah and they're like not equipped to do it it's uh yeah it's it's not it's not looking good for them and even you know like president trump even said like he was like oh i strongly i strongly disagree with the decision to open georgia and i was just like okay like if he's saying it like Come on, like it's up to the governors in the states. But... What did he say about bleach in the past twenty four oh, hours or something? Man, you, I don't you, even you, you probably know more it. about this. I don't even want to get into it. But basically, <laughs> like, um, like he didn't. Okay, so uh, okay, so some guy who was much more equipped to talk about this than he was was talking about how uh, like different uh, cleaning products kill the virus within a minute or five minutes. Okay, um, and they're talking about um like this ultra light thing. I don't really know it too well. Um, but Trump was kind of thinking out loud. Like he wasn't like, okay, we should be injecting hand sanitizer and this will fix everything or drink some hand sanitizer. But his comments could have easily been interpreted that way. Cause he was kind of just like thinking out loud. And he was like, he was like maybe something along the lines of like, he used bleach and lungs in the same sentence. I'm pretty sure. And that should just tell you all you need to know. So, uh, these companies, that's a tough look. <laughs> all put out a statement. Uh, saying like, please do not ingest our products or inject them into yourself. Like that's not what they're for. Uh, which I found hilarious because like, like I'm pretty sure he didn't. 
Like, he suggested it. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't say... I don't know. I'm, I sound like a Trump apologist, but that's far from what I am trying to do right now. But, <laughs> like, I just want to get it right, and I really don't know. So I'm just going to say, like, I'm pretty sure he was just suggesting it, which is just as wrong. But he didn't, like, come out and, like say it and be like this is what we need to be doing we all be fine yeah, i feel like uh injecting the lysol yeah maybe trump's thinking out loud might not be the best thing we feel for our american listeners uh and you know what i've noticed uh over the past little bit since kind of since the quarantine started we've uh, moved up the charts uh in the american listenership quite a bit so thank you to our american listeners that have been tuning in that's uh one of uh one of the charts we've been moving up pretty high we've been dropping in uh in uh, our Great Britain uh, it's charts. I, it's because so, I made fun of the Brits, remember? <laughs> I know, and ever since you did, we've dropped right <laughs> off. We were like number five for a while, and we've dropped right off since then. But oh uh, yeah, Quads, you kept the awkward moments going uh, this week on another Zoom call. You didn't come oh, yeah. in with the SpongeBob background, but you did get one-worded by Markstrom. I know you told the story on the Patreon, <sighs> uh, which we'll talk about in a little minute here, but... Um, yeah, why don't you talk about getting one worded from Markstrom? Because it, it, when you texted me, you were like in all caps. You're like, I got one worded by Markstrom. And I was like, oh, no. Like, they must just think you're an absolute fool. You missed the Tyler Myers Zoom call. You come in with a SpongeBob background on the first uh, Zoom call with JT Miller. And then you get one worded by Markstrom. But it wasn't actually that bad, right? Oh, thank God. Because I was worried. So as as I tend to do, I overthought it. And I was freaking out. So I messaged, like... Uh, you know, like Patrick Johnson, Drancer, all those guys. And I'm like, I just got one worded, but they were like, oh no, you're one of us now. Like that's, that's nothing bad. Like Markstrom one words, everybody. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then, yeah, like I'll play the clip so people can know I wasn't like, I didn't ask them like, oh, does it make you want to go back home? Nothing like stupid like that, but I'll play the clip. I have <laughs> yeah. it here. I have it ready to go. Uh, yeah. It, it's pretty similar to a normal summer, which is, you know, which is pretty good for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that staying in shape and stuff like that, it's its very similar. Thanks. Thank you. Next question comes from David Quadrelli. Hey, Jacob. So just wondering, how much how much of the success that you've had over the past two seasons do you attribute to the work that you've done with Ian Clark? Yeah, he obviously means, some, uh, means a lot. Uh, I think uh, it, it started with, uh, you know, obviously me and me, Utica and, uh, you know, just when I came to Vancouver, it kind of felt like I was getting better and better every day from, you know, Roly and, and then getting Clutes. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Clark, he got a, you know, he, he's a great goalie coach. I think he's one of the best goalie coaches in the world. And uh, to be able to work with him every day, it's it's a privilege. And he, he expects a lot from you, but I I really like that because that's when I feel like I, uh, you know, I, I really push myself to, you know, become better. And if I could just have a quick follow-up to that, do you think there's anything in particular uh, on the technical side that you've kind of tightened up in your game over the past two seasons that's helped you find this new level of success? Yeah, everything. Fair Same enough. answer you're going to get from Clark if you ask him. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So That was painful. For some context. So we're on Zoom. Me and Markstrom are looking at each other during this, so he can see my facial expression. <laughs> and I don't know what I what I did, but like there was just like I was like, care to expand on that, Jacob? Like I was like I stayed quiet because I was like, he's gonna say more. Like he can't just say that. That can't be his whole answer. But then 
um you know as you heard it was it wasn't it wasn't too bad like it definitely could have been worse if i'm coming out here no you definitely got a question out of him and i i could tell that like that was probably a big step for you you know even going and asking for a follow-up question you can hear it in your voice that like you probably didn't even want to ask for a follow-up question but you did and like good for you for like uh stepping up and pulling that but yeah (laughs) i guess i guess you didn't want you didn't have any time for a follow-up question for that one no kidding well that's the thing right is like zoom calls are probably the best place for me to get my reps in and make any mistakes yeah and i've already made two mistakes i don't count that one as a mistake that was just uh you know that was a learning experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, you i think know, you've, you've had an interesting moment now all three weeks of these zoom calls though which is good <laughs> yeah i can't wait for next week man i like yeah. i don't know at least i was dressed for this one i was ready to go and yeah no no weird background i do have a poster of the stanley cup just sitting in my background which people can totally that's not bad. see um that's not bad not i think bad. next week you know if, it, if it's someone like Pedersen, you got to ask about you know you guys have both been growing beards if you saw Pedersen in the recent interview that came out a couple days ago oh his God. his beard's coming in pretty decent and yours you had to uh you have to shine perfectly into the light to just to see it like you did on our instagram the other day yeah Pedersen's beard is way better than mine which tells you how bad <laughs> my beard is but anyways i just yeah. want to say like that Markstrom quote, like, man, like, I told you, this article I'm writing, like, dude, like, I pitched it to The Athletic. They loved it. They just, you know, whatever. I, I can't get into details on that, but, dude, like, this article is beautiful. Like, I am so happy with how it's turned out, and it's almost finished. Mm-hmm. I have uh, the lovely Georgia Twist, who's very talented, made our logo, and did the artwork for How Elias Patterson Changed Everything in Vancouver for Botch, and uh, your How Jason Botchford Changed Everything in Vancouver, the one you did for your Botchford project. She did the artwork yep. for both of those. She's doing the artwork for this one, and I haven't come up with a catchy enough title yet, but basically, I'm documenting how Markstrom went from the best goalie in the Swedish Elite League at just 20 years old to being basically a draft bust to the waiver wire all the way back to a Vesna caliber goaltender. How did that happen? He's 30 now. What took so long? I'm breaking it all down. I'm very excited for this article. It's coming along so well. And those, those quotes, like especially that first one about Ian Clark, that was like chef's kiss. When he was saying that, like I was almost like, wow, I really don't need a follow-up. But then I was like, if I get a follow-up and he tells me what's, what in particular about his game he's tightened up like that's even better so him saying yeah everything is perfect because i'm using that in a way to get like good effect in the story so i'm i'm really excited to have those quotes from him so recently too so huge help having access on the zoom calls and everything to these players yeah totally and you know like that article that you that you're writing and working on right now it'll be on the patreon pretty soon and like i I know because like i feel like you you were talking about this Man, like, it's got to be two or three months ago, right? Like you, that's when you pitch it to the athletic, yeah. right? Yeah, I've been working yeah, on it for so, a long time. Awesome. So that's going to obviously be a huge article, and that's going to be on the Patreon. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff on the Patreon right now. Uh, Corey's worked on a few things in the past. Uh, your article about why stripping Bo Horvat of the sea might be the worst idea since giving it to Mark Messier mm-hmm. is on there. Um, yeah, you put a little update thing for us. Uh, Corey's got the three-part series and early look at the Utica Comets pending free agents and some potential prospect pool additions. Part one and two are available right now. Uh, he's coming up with part three right now, and Corey's doing an excellent job for us uh, on the website, uh, patreon.com slash combo. We just released um, our bonus episode um, as well. We went over an hour, like over an hour without cutting, I think too. Like that was actually, we did cut because you tried to send me the audio, uh, oh, for the man. manscape data. And that took a 
for like 30 minutes to finally get going. I know. Uh, but that was a fun episode. That was a really fun episode, actually. And uh, if you guys want to check that out, the, the bonus podcasts are available if you join the five dollar tier uh or the ten dollar tier but all the articles are available for a nice price of a dollar 69 uh so check it out there we got a lot of stuff to talk about and cory has got his three-part series i've got a four-part series coming up uh looking back at the past four drafts for the vancouver canucks worked on uh the 2016 draft that was not a lot of fun but uh, the 2017 one was a lot of fun to write about because there is some very promising players and it kind of just you know keeps going good from there so i'm excited to release that four-part series i'll be doing that sometime next week but uh you got your markstrom piece coming up so i'm excited for that one as well yes i'm very excited to get it out there and to have some beautiful artwork on it too it should be out by wednesday i think we're looking at wednesday or thursday perfect so that's gonna be exciting but we have a bunch of content out in the past couple days from our man Corey hergott so why don't we throw on over and go talk about that a little bit on the ride the bus segment with Corey hergott McEwen into the goal and he scores! What a play by Zach McEwen who draws the Comets to within one. A little shimmy shake. Guys, joining us now live on the line. It is time for riding the bus with Corey Hergott. Corey, how are you doing today on this Friday? Oh, I'm doing well today, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I noticed the weather's been getting a little bit worse this past week. Same thing for you over there. A little bit overcast today. It looks like it's uh, threatening to rain, uh, but uh, it's it's been holding off so far today. So what's uh, what's been keeping Corey Hergott busy so far in the last week of quarantine? Uh, some interviews, some articles. Uh, you know, a little bit of work in the yard, trying to get uh, some planter boxes built here so we can get a little raised bed garden going yeah. this year and uh, uh, just a little bit of tidying up around the place, yeah. organizing and things. There you go. So some spring cleaning going on. You're not really letting uh, the quarantine change your life too much? No, no. <laughs> it's uh, business as usual at, uh, at the Hergott household here. Excellent. Well, good to hear. Well, speaking of business as usual, let's get down to it. Uh, we were just talking about Niels Hugland and the impact that we think he's going to make at the AHL level. Um, the thing that I kind of just said there, and, and I'd be curious to get your opinion on it, was you know when when Niels Huglander comes into this AHL lineup, does he make a similar impact to what Cole Lynn made this year in his sophomore season, or do you think that he might even be better than what Cole Lynn did this year? Well, I'm really interested to see how this plays out. I haven't seen a lot of Hoglander play, uh, so I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage as far as uh, you know exactly what kind of player he can be. I haven't actually laid a lot of eyes on him, so 
um, from everything that I've read and, and everything I understand about the player, he sounds like a player that should be able to capably step in into the league without a, a whole lot of uh, uh, time spent adjusting uh, to the North American game. I think uh, the size of the ice might be a little bit of a challenge at first. Yeah. And uh, maybe the pace of the game will be a little bit different. He'll, he's going to have some, uh, you know, bigger players. There'll be a little bit more of a physical game than he's used to seeing. Um, we saw a similar thing with, with Jonathan Dolan when he came over. So my guess is that, uh, you know, Hoglander might um, have a little bit of adjustment period, but I don't think it's going to be a long one. He, he, from what I understand, he's the kind of player that... Uh, He's okay with the with the physical going. He doesn't mind initiating it, uh, yeah. so that might that might bode well for him uh, as he makes his adjustment to the pro game over on this side. I'm I'm curious, Corey, because we we kind of touched on it at the end of our conversation. There, we're just excited because like, okay, this kid comes back and he wins back to back years of goal of the year in the SHL. Um, you know, as a Comets insider, you must just be excited to see that kind of talent come to this team. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't get to see a lot of that, uh, you know, uh, flash and dash out there with the Comets. It's been a pretty uh, workmanlike uh, sort of a team, a blue-collar team. There's the odd guy that could go out there and, uh, and uh, you know, really open your eyes and, and get you out of your seat with some plays. Uh, Goldobin was pretty handy at that a few times. Mm. You know, when, he, when he's when he been in Utica, uh, Sven Berchi's uh, been able to... Uh, make a few plays that really kind of made, made you think, man, that guy shouldn't be in the AHL. Uh, but we haven't seen a lot of that, uh, you know, super flashy kind of a player. And when you got a guy that can, you know, pull off that, uh, what are we calling it now, the Michigan goal, um, the lacrosse-style goal there, and, and he can do it kind of with ease. Um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see a guy like that join the team if he ends up there. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who he might play with there. There, there could be some good options depending on, on who ends up coming back. Uh, you know, and, and he, he's a guy that I think can help, uh, help some of the other players, the other younger players maybe elevate their games as well. He just, uh, from what I'm reading about him, he just seems like that kind of a player. Yeah, we're, we're so excited to get him over here and just see what he's able to do. And we shouldn't be waiting much longer. Um, and I'm expecting in the next couple of weeks here to see that we can hear about him signing with Vancouver Canucks and getting over here. So lots of exciting stuff coming up with Niels Hoglander. But, uh, Corey, you've been working on a two-part series. Uh, you started as a one-part series, I think. We evolved to two, and now it's at three. Uh, and you're just about to send out part three of the series right now, which is actually going to be looking at some of the players that I wanted to ask you about next is some of these guys that are making the jump from the prospect pool, whether it be a Carson Folk or a Jet Wu or guys that are coming out of uh, NCAA hockey. So I'm curious um, which one of those players that we haven't seen play in a Utica Comets jersey yet do you think is going to have the biggest impact on the team as a whole next year? Well, I think if Hoglander ends up there, I think he's definitely, uh, mm. you know, he's going to be near the top of the list. Uh you know, if you get a guy like Carson Folk, if he can come in and, uh, you know, grab a role as a, as a centerman on, on a team that's pretty shallow at the center position, or at least at the moment they are, um, you know, that could be a, he could be a pretty impactful player without being a guy that has to pile up a, a bunch of points. Just having a prospect coming in at that position, if he can handle himself, uh, you know, and earn a role with the team in his first season, I think that would uh, that would bode really, really well for the organization. Uh, Jet Wu, I think, uh, you know, he's 
I think he's a guy that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he can do at, at the pro level. He, his points totals tailed off this year, but he was still playing a physical game. Uh, he's a guy that I think, uh, you know, again, he might there might be a bit of an adjustment period for him from uh, junior to pro, but, um, you know, he's going to have some handy players around him very likely that he can kind of feed off of. There's a good chance that Ashton Sautner will be back. There's a good chance that Guillaume Brisebois will be back. And uh, if he's paired up with either one of those two, and I, I that's my guess is who he would be paired up with, mm-hmm. I think that bodes well for him. It gives him a really solid uh, defensive player, and it'll allow him to maybe explore his offensive side just a little bit more. I'm, I'm curious about Jet Wu because I wonder – like, how many players do you see every year at the AHL level make that jump from junior and be able to have, you know, a pretty successful first year in the AHL from a guy who, you know, defensemen, everyone talks about them taking a longer time to develop. Uh, Jet Wu seems like he might be a ways away from making the NHL, but I wonder, like, how many guys kind of almost fail, like they need to fail in their first year of the AHL before they have success? Yeah, and, and there's there's definitely going to be an adjustment period and a learning curve for him. He's not entering the league as a 24 year old like brogan rafferty did this year uh you know he's not he doesn't have that much more of a of a physical maturity in his body uh, and that much more time spent training and and, uh you know the college game is uh, can be very much like a pro game uh their training facilities can be very much like a pro facility that way as well so uh there will be an adjustment for Wu, and I think there, you know, he, he probably will have some struggles. But I, I think he's the kind of player that, uh, you know, he fits the profile that the Canucks look for in a player, somebody that's going to buckle down and put in the work. Um, you know, have all the skill in the world, but if you're not, uh, if you're not going to put the work in, then it's not going to go so well for you. And and uh, from my dealings with Wu, I've had, I've seen him on the ice at camps. I've had the chance to speak with him, and and he's a player that uh, I I get that same sort of vibe off of him that I was getting off of Mikey DiPietro at camp. You know, this past off season, this is a guy that's he's going to come in and he's going to put in the work. Yeah, absolutely. Very excited for him. And you know, I okay. So I was just writing. I was just talking about it before. Or I'll talk about it later in the episode here, but. Um, the Patreon article that I'm working on right now is a four-part series, so I'm one-upping you a little bit, Corey. I'm showing up here. <laughs> but uh, I'm working on looking at the past four drafts. Um, I finished writing the one about the 2016 draft, and, you know, it was hard because no NHL games from that draft year yet. We have Ole Levy still waiting for him to come in, but the other guy that I wanted to hear about uh, was Will Lockwood, who the Canucks picked in the third round that year. And I'm, I'm curious because I thought that what I'd need to see from him, if he has, if he wants to have an NHL career, is he needs to be able to translate that aggressiveness and that physicality at the AHL level. And you talked about it. It's a little bit easier for guys coming out of NCAA. So what are you kind of expecting from him this year? And, and where do you think he might even fit on this Utica roster? Well, number one, I'm hoping that he can come in and he can remain healthy for the season. Uh, he's battled some issues uh, throughout his career at the NCAA level. Uh, because he does play that abrasive game, and and uh, I I want to see him bring that to the table. I want to see him bring his speed to the table. That's that's a big strong suit in his game. If you've got a guy that can skate like that with that kind of speed, uh, you know I'm not necessarily saying put him on the same line as Justin Bailey, but if you did that, if if uh, if the gentleman is back this year. Uh, you know, that's that's one line that would have absolutely incredible speed. Or, you know what, you split them up and put them on two different lines and you can really back the, the defenders into the corner mm-hmm. because you can uh, come at them in waves. And, and we know that 
Travis Green wants to play with pace. He wants to play with speed. Trent Cole is uh, right in lockstep with that. He wants to do the same. They just haven't always had the horses to do that. And you know, if you if you can add a, a Will Lockwood into the into the you know the right side, I believe is where he plays the most of his games. Uh, you know, that's a speedy player that can come in. I, I'm not sure that I expect him to be a big-time point producer right away. I mean, that it's possible that he grows into that sort of a role, but if he can be a guy that can kind of come in and, and uh, you know, have a 30-35 point season as maybe a third-line right winger who can who can play with uh, with some speed and, and uh, hopefully be a penalty killer, hopefully take a role on the power play once he's up to speed, I, I think... Uh, you know, he seems like a guy that would be a good a good bet to be an all situations player. That's that's totally true, and I feel like you know, even like a fourth line of him, or even a third line of him and Vinny Arsenault, like maybe get the physicality going. If you want to go throw the body around, and you know, someone, you know, if you do throw the body around too much, and someone's got to stick up for you, you know, Big Vinny might be a good line mate to have at the time. I wanted to, actually I wanted to ask a little bit about Arsenault because. You know, when we, we saw him when he got injured and Dyson Stevenson was the guy who stepped up in the physicality a little bit and, you know, was standing up for players. But what does it, you know, the AHL's changed, right? It used to be called the jungle where there's just so much fighting going on. We're seeing a lot more speed and skill now. Where does a guy like Vinny Arsenault kind of fit right now on an AHL team? Because it still seems like you kind of need that position and need that play type of, that type of player in your roster. Well, you do, it is still a, a league where... You know, every team pretty much employs somebody in Arsenal's role, if not a couple of players. Uh, you need to have somebody there who, who is, uh, not afraid to look after the prospects on the ice. And, uh, Arsenal is definitely not afraid to do that. Uh, the big thing that I, that I like about Vincent Arsenal is the fact that he, uh, he, every, every shift for him is the same. He's a uh, hundred miles an hour. He's all out as fast as he can go. He's not, you know, the most fleet of foot. He's not the best skater on the team by any means, but he can move around the ice and he, he's trying to hit somebody every shift. And when you've got a guy like that out there, who's kind of like a human bowling ball uh, and he's protecting the prospects and, and guys like Cole Lind, you know, they've fed off of him. He's, he plays with a lot of energy and, and uh, when he's got, when he's on the ice, and I, I spoke specifically with Cole Lind about this at camp this year, and uh, the smile on his face was a mile wide talking about Big Vinny. And uh, he, he said, when, when you're out on the ice with him, you have to be aware everybody on the ice has their head on a swivel because somebody's getting hit. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a turnover. And if you're not ready for that, then you know, you're, you're, you're not doing your job. So he's a guy that kind of lifts up the prospects. Um, I'm not sure that I want to see him taking a third line role ahead of, uh, say, Jonah Gadjevich. But uh, you know, if we had Jonah on a left side, and we had, uh, you know, Lockwood on the right side, and and say uh, a Lucas Yashik in the middle, if he's going to be in the middle this year, or uh, or even a John Stevens who actually had a a pretty solid run with the with the Comets at when he came over in a mid season trade or a late season trade. Uh, I think that trio, Gadjevich, Stevens, and Lockwood, could be a, a pretty handy two-way line that could, uh, you know, kind of cause havoc in the offensive zone, but still be able to handle themselves in their own end. Right. And there's a couple more things I wanted to ask you about, Corey. And, and you, just the way that you were kind of mentioning some players, I just brought it up, and I have to ask because I just I talked about this with Quads on the episode as well, and I just. 
like, does it not feel like this year is the year where all of the Vancouver Canucks organization, like, all of their prospects seem to be landing in Utica this year? Aside from, you know, of a silly pod Colson, a lot of their top prospects are going to be on this Comets team. And I was saying, like, this past year I bought AHL TV so I could watch Gold Open. Uh, I don't think I'm going to cancel it because it looks like all the prospects are going to be there this year. This must be an exciting year for you, kind of just looking how this team's coming together. Yeah, and that was it's it's been that way each season for me since I started covering the team. And at my first year, they had uh, Chatfield, Brisebois, McEwen, uh, Alexis Daou. Uh, I think there was one more player who was a, a a rookie that year, and I'm just his name is oh maybe Griffin Molino. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they didn't have they didn't have a pile of uh, you know. Uh, rookies that you could get super excited about. Uh, I had obviously ended up getting awfully excited about Zach McEwen, and that that uh, turned out well. But my second season covering the team, all of a sudden we had you know Jonathan Dolan, Cole Lind, Lucas Yashik, Jonah Gajevich, yeah. Ole Olevi. You know there was just a pile of guys coming in, and it was all right. Like look at all these players I'm going to get to cover this year, and it's going to be a lot more exciting. And we all know how how that season went. Um, it didn't go so well for, for a lot of the prospects and, and they all kind of, you know, they had to take that home and, and deal with it over the off season and come back this, this year. And, uh, you know, we, we had a nice group of second year players this year that saw some success. Uh, Brogan Rafferty, uh, kicked the door down. Mikey DiPietro kicked the door down both as rookies. Uh, Josh Tevez and, and Mitch Elliott are a couple of guys who, you know, they got into 20-ish games each this year as rookies and uh, rookie defensemen. And I think those are two guys that, you know, I'm going to be keeping an eye on for this year because, uh, you know, I'm kind of excited to see what they can do when they actually get a, a little bit more rope right. in their game. And then this year now, again, we've got, you know, we could have Jet Wu showing up there and we're, we know we're going to have Lockwood there. Uh, Mark Michaelis is coming in. He's an older rookie, but he's a rookie. Uh, he's a centerman uh, who apparently makes his 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 line mates better, and according to Jim Benning, and that says the world to me. Uh, I, I'm a, I have all the time in the world to see that guy. Uh, <laughs> you have all show the time up. in the world for a center, probably, Corey. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you can play center and you have yeah. a pulse, uh, I want to get a look at you in Utica right now. I mean, that's that's kind of been the way it's it's been there uh, since since I've been covering the team. Uh, there haven't been a lot of you know, centermen brought in there who were prospects. I mean, Adam Gaudet was there for, you know, about five minutes and, and he's been in the NHL since. So, um, Lucas Yashik filled in admir- admirably in the middle. God love him, but I think he's better suited on the wing. Uh, that's where I want to see him this year. So if the team can bring in a, a, a couple of more, uh, pivots so Lucas can move back to his, uh, stronger, uh, area of the game, yeah. I'm all for that too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of guys who have played center and wing, uh, Zach McEwen. And you, I know you tweeted about it a little bit uh, a couple days ago, but uh, you got to sit down with his grandfather. Uh, We don't want to give away too much because the article is going to be on the Patreon. uh, But you want to just give a quick little how the conversation came about and what you guys ended up talking about? Yeah, so, okay, everybody obviously knows that I've got a... uh a bit of a relationship with the McEwen family and, and I'm, fr- I'm Facebook friends with, uh, with his grandparents and, and, uh, his uncle and, and, um, his grandpa, uh, Cliff, Cliff Affleck, um, he put, made a post on, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago talking about how it, it had been 14 years since, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer. And obviously I've, 
I was diagnosed with cancer in 2011. So um, my brain right away, when he said 14 years ago, um, my brain's not so good, but I could still do the math that that would have put, that would have put Zach at about 10 years old. Yeah. And uh, you know, the fact that Cliff was able to, uh, to beat the cancer and the, then to see Zach make his NHL, you know, make it to the NHL, uh, it really, really made me want to kind of reach out and, and just chat with him a little bit about that. Um, you know, I obviously didn't have grandkids when, uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer, but, uh, you know, I didn't think I'd ever see the day or I didn't know if I'd see the day when I would have a grandkid. And now I do. And, and that's a really, really good feeling for me. Yeah. And knowing, you know, just imagining what that would have felt like for Cliff to, to see Zach make it to the NHL when that was probably not something he thought he was going to make it to see that made me want to speak with him and then a couple of days later zach's mom uh sent me a message on twitter and was kind of telling me a, a little bit about how how cliff um has been involved with hockey pei and hockey canada like forever <laughs> and uh and how the best sources of advice that her and craig ever got um as far as Zach's career coming up always came from Cliff. So that just kind of made me, yeah, I, I got to reach out and talk to him. So, uh, I shot him a message and, uh, he was all for it. So, uh, it was really good. Um, it's, I was, we were trying to do a, a video chat, but the video part of the call didn't work, which was unfortunate because I was, uh, I was wearing my McEwen white Comets Jersey and he was wearing his blue McEwen Canucks Jersey. <laughs> awesome. And uh, so we were sitting there, you know, ready and wearing our, our Zach gear. And, and uh, but it was a great conversation. Uh, there were some very, very funny moments that uh, I can't wait for our readers uh, to, to be able to read. He uh, he just had some great, uh, great quotes that I I, I think are really fantastic. Um, we cried a couple of times. There was definitely some emotional uh, bits of the conversation, uh, you know, when he was telling me about... Um, you know, after his surgery, um, you know, Zach and his older brother Curtis came into his hospital room and they gave him a medal, um, you know, uh, that he still carries in his wallet to this day. And, and uh, he was pretty uh, broken up as he was telling me this, which, of course, you know, I start sobbing and so we 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 had some uh we had some laughs we had some tears i got some great quotes i got a great story about uh, uh cliff used to play back in the day he didn't play at a you know at a professional level obviously but uh he uh i, I one of the quotes i put on twitter was that he told me he was six one this is a rough quote here but he's six one played at about 190 pounds um and uh he was there to uh you know, he wasn't there to fight, but he was going to look after his guys. And uh, he played with a couple of wingers who were a little smaller. And uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was his thing. And that was something that he told Zach coming up. You know, you don't have to be a fighter, but you have to look after your guys when you're out on the ice. So you, we, we know kind of where Zach gets that from. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I'm super excited. I can hear it in your voice the way you're talking about it, Corey. Like, you know, this is probably one of the articles that I feel like you're most proud about. It sounds like you got, you know, the fact that you guys are able to connect on the the fact of being cancer survivors, I feel like that just opens up the conversation even more than it would have in a regular conversation as well. Yeah, and that's really where the 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 whole uh seed was planted for this conversation was that that his post about his, you know, yeah. a bit of his cancer journey and and it resonated with me and and uh you know, uh, he was man, I like 
I was 39, just about 39 when I was diagnosed with cancer. He, I think he said he was 56. Right. So I am to this day still not able to go back uh, and work a regular job. I've tried and it just, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work um, for my system. Uh, Cliff was a, was driving bus um, when he was <laughs> diagnosed and he kept working, man. He was 56 years old, and, and uh, he he was still doing some bus trips. And, and uh, you know, he, uh, just the fact that he was able to do that when he was going through his, uh, his chemo, um, as somebody who's gone through it, it staggers me that he was, he was able to do it. And uh, obviously we know a little bit about where Zach gets his, uh, his determination from. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking at the quote right now. You tweeted it out uh, a few days ago. Uh, so very excited for that. And it's, it's, you know, I think I'm very excited for this article. I know that, uh, David's actually working on, uh, his article that he's been working on for three months, the one that he pitched to the athletics. So it's another huge week, uh, on the Canucks combo and you've been kicking ass, Corey. So we've been uh, loving it. Um, the final thing I wanted to say was, uh, I heard your, your hit on another podcast. You were cheating on us a little bit, but, uh, you <laughs> went on with, uh, with our buddy, Sean, who's a good friend of the show as well. Uh, and I thought that was just an awesome conversation and, uh, I'm just glad he gave you a space to talk for an hour and a half because I know you can do it anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, oh man, we and the thing is, is we probably spoke for about half an hour or 40 minutes before we started recording, and I think we probably <laughs> talked for about another 20, 25 minutes, maybe half an hour afterwards as well. So yeah. it was it was a really long uh, conversation. Uh, I had a lot of fun chatting with him. Uh, that's my first time I've been on his on his show and uh i thought he did a great job and and uh yeah i had a blast yeah it's definitely a good show if you guys haven't checked the area 51 hockey podcast we're good friends with sean as well so uh we'll wrap it up there Corey. we're like i said I, I feel like i'm saying this every week but it's an exciting week uh for the patreon as well if you guys haven't hopped on yet it's a dollar 69 to get the articles uh it's the nice tier uh patreon.com slash canucks convo be sure to check it out and uh thanks again for doing this Corey. we'll chat again next week my friend Thanks again, Chris. Talk to you next week. All right, guys, and we are back now from Riding the Bus with Corey Herga. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that chat. Corey's been cooking up a storm on the Patreon. I know he's got a lot of great stuff coming up. Not only that three-part series, but uh, the Zach McEwen piece where he talked to Zach's grandpa, a little bit about PI hockey, a lot of exciting stuff uh, coming up. So if you're not on the Patreon already, I highly recommend checking it out. You know, like, might be might be better than The Athletic over the past little bit. Come out and say it, even though they had Pavel Burry. <laughs> no, it's, it, it might not be the athletic level, but they had Pavel Burry on the show. Did you uh, do you hear that interview with Drancer and J-Pat? I did, yeah, that was awesome. But, dude, we're, like, friends with these guys. You shouldn't be clowning the athletic like that. Hey, you know what? If you're going to go at someone, go at someone, <laughs> go at oh someone above your level. Man, you've got to handle that phone quads. <laughs> it's because it's I turned it on to see if the Markstrom audio came through. Oh, it definitely did. People heard it. <laughs> um, oh my but there was, we, you know, we, I think we've been saying we're going to talk about it over the past couple of weeks here that we want to talk about some players that impressed us. Uh, we don't really have a ton of time uh, to do it, so I kind of just want to dive into, like, one player before we close out. Like, who's the one player that impressed you the most? Like, obviously, we had high expectations for Elias Pettersson uh, and Bo Horvat and Quinn Hughes, I think, coming into this year. Um, JT Miller probably shocked a lot of people, but the one guy that... You know, isn't really the mainstream guy that impressed you. Let's have a conversation about him. Well, okay, here's what I'll say. The players that surprised me the most, JT Miller, Quinn Hughes. Players that impressed me the most, Adam Gaudet and Elias Pettersson. But I really want to talk about Elias Pettersson because there was talk of a sophomore slump. Guy had a tough finish to his 
uh, second half of his rookie season. That didn't transition into this year. He was playing in a matchup role near the end of the year. He was playing against the team's top lines. He was thriving. He really, this year, he he really solidified himself as a superstar in this league, in my opinion. And that's impressive for me. I was thinking, like, okay, maybe he'll put up some points, but who knows, like, maybe the points will fall off a bit. But no, he was scoring at a better rate than last year, and he was playing consistently that well throughout the whole year and his defensive game was really impressive to me and then the second guy Adam Gaudet I really want to talk talk about him too like as the third line center a lot of people were still thinking like Brandon Sutter Jay Beagle were going to be this team's bottom six centers and Travis Green and Jim Benning are right there in that group of people that thought that once Adam Gaudet was given that opportunity he ran with it I was really impressed again there was that game against Chicago the Adam Gaudet game people are calling it there was the game, I think it was the one against Chicago, where he got into the fight. I think that was the Sedin retirement night. Um, yeah. Like, dude, like, I've been very impressed. Again, this guy is a fifth-round pick, and I'm just super impressed to see how he's developed. And I think he has the potential to be this team's third-line center for a really long time and be a good one at that. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. He scored a goal that game against Chicago as well. Uh, you know, <laughs> like... Gaudet's one that I wouldn't mind talking about because he's, I don't know, like he came in, he was obviously a Hobie Baker uh, winner, like that's huge, obviously like people didn't really see that coming when he was drafted in the fifth round, but you look at the type of player that you expected him to be this year, and it was, you know, come into camp and prove yourself, right? That's what everyone talked about at the start of the year, that's all he had to do, was come into camp and prove to himself that he could make, or prove to the management and Travis Green that he could make this team, and he did everything that he could have, like everything you could have asked for him in preseason and training camp, he did. And then he earned his way onto this team. That's exactly the kind of story that you want to see. He's he's going to be a very interesting contract here because he's a restricted free agent after this season. Um, I wonder what kind of money he demands because now that he has kind of secured the spot as a third line center, I think he's going to ask for you know a little bit more money than he might have been making this past season on the pretty much an entry level contract. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the contract discussion is one we're going to have to have like in the coming weeks here because there's a lot yeah. that we have to talk about and it's so mm-hmm. hard to talk about contracts like you know as Ray Ferraro said when he came on this show like there's no sense talking about it if nobody knows what's going to happen to the economy right like yeah. <laughs> there's a lot beyond hockey that's going into these hockey discussions so yeah, man it's going to it's going to take a lot from us to try and talk about that yeah, tons of uh, tons of contracts coming up, man. We got Tyler Toffoli, Jake Furtanen, Tyler Mott, Adam Gaudet, Zach McEwen, Josh Levo, Chris Tanev, Troy Stetcher, Oscar Fantenberg, Jacob Markstrom. Like, that is a huge cut of the Vancouver Canucks team right there. And so many variables on all of those, yep. right? Like, man, oh, jeez. I, I, That's honestly, next I week. I think wait. next week we're going to get into it. Yeah, not this week. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I, I mean, I could talk about Adam Gaudet being the surprise player for me as well. I, I agree with that a lot. Um, but I, I've wrote about it, and I think Tanner Pearson was the guy that surprised me the most. I mean, he's, he scored 20-plus goals in those 69 games that he played. And I, I just didn't see him being that player anymore, I guess, after seeing you know the injury history that he had, 
Um, being the guy that was traded for Eric Goodbranson still, like, I feel like, how's that player going to score 20 goals on this team because he was traded for Goodbranson? That still kind of, like, is a weird part for me to look at. But I think that, you know, he's came he's come in and he's been the one winger that Bo Horvat has been able to vibe with pretty much all season long, right? He's had a third guy mixed in there so much, and finally he's found a guy that he works with. Uh, that's Tanner Pearson. They play a similar game when they're in the offensive zone. He's been able to you know, play a pretty good defensive game as well. And um, I think that's a huge step for the Vancouver Canucks top six if Tanner Pearson can continue that into the future. Yeah, you're totally right. And Bo Horvat was talking to Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick yesterday of Sportsnet. And he was that's talking right. about how they really do play a similar style of game. They, they're they okay getting physical. They both like to score goals. And it's nice to have somebody who can play play solid defense, and that's what Bo Horvat has in Tanner Pearson on that line. So if Bo wants to kind of pinch up a bit, like he's got Tanner Pearson backing him up. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it just works, right? I mean, like Tanner Pearson is one of the, I guess, you know, it's weird to say that at the age of 27, he's one of the veterans on this team, but he is. Like he, he's been around longer than JT Miller has. He's been around longer than Bo Horvat has, longer than Josh Levo has. Like, you know, like he's been around, he's been around the NHL a little bit. Like he understands what he has to do at the NHL level. And I think when you have players on your team like Jay Beagle and, and Brandon Sutter that are supposed to be these leaders, but you know, they don't really bring a lot to the team in the end. Like they, they have a spot for their role, right? Like both of those players are okay. Fourth line centers, I think who can kill penalties and be fourth line players, but they're not going to be out there scoring 20 plus goals a year. Like a guy like Tanner Pearson is. So it's cool to see that you know, out of the, I guess the older group, because I mean, a lot of this Canucks team is around the age of, you know, 20 to 26, 25. Uh, if you look at like the Godettes, the Vertanens, the Bessers, the Millers, uh, Pettersons, Horvats, like they're all in that age group. But to see the Tanner Pearsons, I guess a little bit older, like that's the kind of veteran leadership that you kind of like having on your team. And if he's able to play in a top six, that's huge for the Vancouver Canucks who have been trying to solve their top six problems for as long as I can remember, really. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, Horvat, Pearson, Toffoli on a second line behind Pedersen, Besser, and Miller. That's a legit top six, and it's one of the best in the league, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see what the Canucks are able to do this offseason. They might have that free buyout and get rid of Louis' contract, which would allow them to sign both Markstrom and Toffoli, presumably. And then, you know, you have your complimentary pieces. Like, say they bring back Josh Lebo, a guy I've advocated for. I think Josh Lebo's a great middle six forward. I think the Canucks should try everything in their power to bring him back and put him on a third or fourth line. I think he's very suited for that role. Mm-hmm. I I would love to see him come back as well, too. I think he's an improvement on a lot of players. And, you know, if, if that buyout... We're going to talk about that a lot next week because we'll talk about contracts uh, for probably the whole episode next week because there's a lot to go through. Um, and I want to talk about that buyout a lot because that is that is huge for the Vancouver Canucks. If true, huge. Um, so we'll get into that next week on the show. Um, the Patreon, it's fired up. We got a bunch of articles coming this week. Pretty much a full set almost every day coming out next week on the Patreon. Uh, we'll have my look back at the draft, your Markstrom article. Corey's got the part three of looking at the Utica Comets roster. So if you guys aren't already on there, uh, check it out. It's a pinned tweet on the Canucks Convo Twitter account. Um, I, that's basically all I got, Quads. I don't know. Is there anything you want to add? Go sub to the Patreon. You won't want to miss this Markstrom article. I promise you. <laughs> it's a dollar sixty nine. Come on. <laughs> yeah, dollar sixty nine. It's nice. It's it's going to be a great article. I'm excited to read it because uh, I know you've been working on it for a long time. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Episode seventy seven in the books here for my co-host David Quadrelli. My name is Chris Faber, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation.